Hello and welcome to Weeb Spawn. We talk about everything and anything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello, Bobby. Glad to be doing another episode. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about something very near and dear to our hearts. Pokemon, the first movie, and this will be a seri- the beginning of a series of all the Pokemon movies yet to come. And as always, spoilers ahead, even though it's been out for like <laughs> 22 20 years. years. But, but just in case if for some reason you got into Pokemon late and you haven't watched the first movie, spoilers ahead. <laughs> yeah, and don't worry, we're not going to do every single movie back to back. We're going to... We're going to do this one, and then we're going to take a break before moving on to the next Pokemon movie. Give it a little bit of time so you're not just getting bombarded and this doesn't turn into a Pokemon podcast. Because there are a lot of movies. Like, a lot Yeah, of we'll them. probably do it either maybe not once a month, depending on, like, what we have. It may be, like, a bi-monthly thing, but we will be doing all Yeah, probably, like, it'll probably end up being about to a season but this one this season will have only one since we're um already a few episodes into the season but it'll probably end up being about two per season and yeah unless you guys want more so all right let's jump into this one then so pokemon the movie is obviously a japanese anime film directed by kunihiko yuyama who is also the chief director of the pokemon tv series and I didn't know if this was, he currently still is, so I had to look it up. And he is currently still chief director. So he's been doing oh this for Lord. quite a long time. I think he's about 67 now or 63. He's in his 60s, I believe. But yeah, he's been doing Pokemon for quite some time. He's probably proud of him when he finally won that Pokemon League. <laughs> oh, Ash is like his own son that never ages. <laughs> so this was the first theatrical release of or the, yeah, the first theatrical release of the pokemon franchise and this was released on july 18th of 1998 which is weird because like obviously we didn't watch it when it first came out because we were too young but it feels when we watched it, it still felt like it was when it was first released even though it was years later so it was just very strange because I didn't really realize it was that old. But the English version of the film was released in the States a little over a year later on November 12th of 1999. The English adaptation was produced by Nintendo and 4Kids Entertainment, and it was licensed by Warner Brothers Pictures. And to my surprise, the critics praised the movie in Japan, yet American critics were not happy with this film at all, and I get it, actually. Like, it's been a really long time since I've watched, and as a kid, you don't really realize how terrible anime movies in English are, or anime adaptations. And we had our a whole episode of Subverse Dubbed, where we talked about just the early anime boom, where just voice actors were not to their most top potential here in America. So... When stuff came out, the critics were pretty upset. And 4Kids Entertainment, they have their whole issue with that, too. So, (laughs) But, yeah, American critics were not happy. In Japan, praise was typically directed at the film's emotional impact 
and the exploration of ethical topics such as cloning, genetic modification, and existentialism. Which, this movie actually does get pretty deep for being a child film, like a child's film. So, it's pretty surprising. In America, it received the negative reviews from film critics. Much of the criticism was pointed at the poor voice acting and its inclusion of an anti-violence message, despite it being a Pokemon film, which is focused literally around capturing animals and making them fight until they not pass out. So it seems like a, um, a hypocritical statement. But despite the reviews, it was a box office success worldwide, topping the box office and charts in its opening weekend and eventually grossing over $172 million at the worldwide box office. It was also, it had also sold 10 million home video units in the United States, including 4.2 million VHS sales that earned approximately $60 million in 2000. With the current popular, with the current popularity of remaking old movies and remastering them, this film is a victim of that because they created the Mewtwo or the Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution movie, which was the 2019 CGI remake of this film. But even with is that the, the claymation one, it, it, it's CGI, but it looks sort of claymation. CGI in anime, personally, I feel like CGI doesn't do very well in anime because it's. But a, it's, it is that one that yeah, I'm thinking of. It, it's like. Okay. A, you're turning a media that is essentially a 2d media and you're given these 3d dynamics to it. And it's very strange to watch. So yeah, it is that one and it's a CGI remake, but even with the nostalgia factored in this movie only received a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes from both critics and fans and it received a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb. So it did not do well. And I am, surprised i haven't watched it but from what i heard there's some things that just didn't do very well in it as a diehard pokemon fan i've literally have bought in every single game that's gone released i even bought a switch to get the newer ones coming out and i will be getting brilliant diamond or shining pearl i almost forgot what the other (laughs) one was for a second when they come out and even I, when I first saw that, I was like, no, I'm sorry. I can't watch this. I didn't, I haven't even seen any of it besides the trailer. And I'm just like, no, yeah. I can't do this. And uh, Spoilers for that film. We will eventually cover it because it is going to be within the criteria of us promising that we'll do every Pokemon movie. We will eventually get to it. But I heard that like Pikachu starts talking in it at one point and it's just like, weird and i've some people were telling me that it's more like a figment of an imagination kind of like an emotional connection to where we're understanding what pikachu's saying even though pikachu's not actually saying it but it's just such a weird change from what you know of pokemon pikachu has never spoken and it's just like all of a sudden pikachu's speaking so i don't know weird i don't think i'm gonna like it at all but i'm gonna give it a shot eventually don't worry, guys. I'll figure out a way to delete it from the face of the earth so we don't have to do the review. Yeah. How, how do you delete the past? Well, I'll figure that out. <laughs> also, one thing before we uh, move on. 
I think one of the reasons also it got like negative criticism too about the whole like message thing is when this first came out we talked about in some past episodes about the difference in culture between japan and western culture Mm -hmm. like the united states yeah and how a lot more things are acceptable over in japan than they are here in the states and when i remember when pokemon first came out that there was already this whole thing about animal abuse and then the whole later on darwinism how like evolution it's whatever it's tainting our children's minds like pokemon has been no shortage of scandal when it first came out and yet it still became popular and it's one of the most recognizable franchises in all of video game history Mm -hmm. And I think just because of that, that's why critics didn't like it. But it still was successful here because kids love it. And the adults were just being like, like all this because it was like new and all this. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, is that VHS sales, like the one that's near 60 million, is that included like inflation over time or no i don't believe so that i let me i'll plug into an inflation calculator real quick um because i'm just curious as to like how successful it pretty is let's see so that was in 2000 and for now 60 million would be a lot of fucking money almost a hundred million dollars of today's money so put, I just wanted you guys to put that in a little bit perspective too, because even though it had all this criticism, it was still a very successful movie. Yeah, and so with the grand total of 172 million for worldwide, that would almost be about 300 million today. So that's pretty crazy. So, so what? That's almost like as good as a Marvel movie, I think. Like maybe, uh, well, maybe not the later ones. Maybe like the original, like Iron Man, I think, or. Let's see. Let's see how much Endgame grows real quick. He, oh, whoops. That's not. Oh, yeah. Endgame is going to be. Three, you can't do Endgame. <laughs> that was like. Everyone was going to see that. That's like the. I mean, let's actually see. What was Endgame? Because that three was bill. the popular movie. With a B. Three? Uh huh. Okay, let's not use that. Yeah, go, so Iron go Man to the one, original Iron, Iron Man. Iron Man 1 was uh, almost 600 million. So. Okay, so an animated film grossing half as much as the original mm-hmm. iron man i that's i think that can kind of put you in a yeah, little that's, bit in that's pretty damn good for an anime film because as we mentioned and in our one, demon slayer movie like anime films do not do well like ever so this did well um spirited away did well and demon slayer did well so like there's not many anime movies that can actually pull off a feat this large yeah so before we start sounding too much like Gen 1ers, we will get on to it so we can explain our reasons why we wanted to tell you this and all this stuff. So, like I said, if you've never seen Pokemon, the first movie, a little bit about it is it's the adventure explodes into action with the debut of Mewtwo, a bioengineered Pokemon created from the DNA of Mew, the rarest of all Pokemon. Remember, this is back in Gen 1. There was only 151 Pokemon. 
Determined to prove its superiority, Mewtwo lures Ash, Pikachu, and the others into a Pokemon match like none before. Mewtwo vs. Mew, Super Clones vs. Pokemon, it's the ultimate showdown, with the very future of the world at stake. So when this first came out, I cannot tell you how excited I was. Because, like we mentioned, this was the very first time Pokemon created a movie. And this was before the internet was really, like, popular. Like, the internet was around during this time. Like, it just came in the late 90s, early 2000s. But there wasn't really a lot of people going, like, on the internet. Or, like, there wasn't really Facebook. There wasn't Twitter. And so there wasn't people, like, putting out spoilers. And not to mention, there weren't that many trailers for this movie either. So... It was, like, going in completely blind. And as a, like, diehard Pokemon fan when I was younger, seeing that they made a movie, and then you we get to... Well, I think... Yeah, the games came out before the movie. Mm-hmm. 1995 was the first Pokemon Yellow, I believe. Or, no, not Yellow. Uh, I think red. in the States it came in 98, <laughs> though. That's Yeah, that sounds about right. So we knew about, like, Mewtwo... But we didn't, like, really know, like, that much about him. Unless you, like, dived into, like, the lore in that mansion or whatever. So this was, like, beyond exciting seeing this. And I remember I had one of those TVs that had, like, a built-in VHS player. And I remember my dad hid it from us in a cupboard. I don't, I can't even remember if it was, like, Easter or, like, a birthday. It was some sort of celebration that he bought it for us. I don't know if like what it was, but I remember going. He called us into the kitchen. He opened the cupboard, and I was very confused because I'm like, "Is he gonna give us like cookies or something?" And he pulls out this movie, and like I instantly grabbed it and immediately rushed to my room to put this in, and I was literally shaking with anticipation to watch this. And then like as soon as he came in, I was just silent. (laughs) Imagine a six to seven-year-old just silent watching a movie because i was just so engrossed in it yeah i personally can't remember watching it for the first time i like i was really into pokemon and everything and i would always watch it on tv like just the show in general but i don't think i have this experience like you did because i'm pretty sure the film was probably bought for my brother because of the age gap between us because he was older. So he basically everything he was into, I eventually got into later. So we most likely owned it because of him. So I didn't really have this impact of getting introduced to it by getting a gift of the movie. So I think I just one day started watching it, like we decided to throw it in and watch it. But I was absolutely in love with this film, too. And I think the thing that made it so exciting for me was the very beginning was Pikachu's vacation. And that was just a really fun, like 12 minute snippet of just Pokemon having fun without trainers. And they're just doing like these goofy things and competing with other Pokemon. So it was just this really fun intro. And then it went into traditional Pokemon with Ash and Misty and Brock and Mewtwo. And this was a Pokemon we've really never seen before. So seeing this 
just grabbed my attention and held me like into the story, like pulled me in and just kept me there. So just unraveling this mystery and seeing this epic story of just craziness unfold in front of me. It was just such a good entertain. Like it was such good entertainment for me. So I didn't have the experience you had of getting a gift of it, but it still is super impactful and really um, prominent in my memories of my childhood. So yeah, it'll always hold a place in my heart, even if I rewatch it and I hate the voice actors. So I've honestly, I've rewatched it like probably a month ago and it didn't really bother me that much. I, I don't know whose voice actors they were like talking about, but maybe just because I haven't really watched the newer anime, like, because mm-hmm. I think I stopped watching like pretty much uh, during the Hoenn. I remember when Diamond and Pearl came out, I watched a little bit. But, like, towards Diamond and Pearl is when I pretty much stopped watching the anime. So, I was used to, like, his voice. Because it wasn't the same voice as the... I don't think it was the same voice as the original Ash from, like, season one. I think it's a newer voice actor. So, maybe that's what they were complaining about. I'm not I'm not 100% sure. But, to me, the, vo- the main cast voice, like, Ash, Misty, Brock, and then Mewtwo, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, we might also have that nostalgia factor that clouds our judgment on this one just because when you have some critics come in that don't necessarily know the franchise and don't have this nostalgia, they might judge it a little bit more critical than we do. So maybe the fact that we know the original and just the actor, the voice actor in general is familiar to us, we don't quite hold it to the same standards as some other people might. That's true, that's true. I could easily see that happening. But I'm glad you mentioned Pikachu Vacation because I almost forgot about that little opening (laughs) in front of it. And I thought it was pretty cool too because, like you said, it was just all Pokemon. You don't hear, like, any trainers. And you don't even hear them speak English either. They don't talk. They still talk like Boba, Boba, They somehow convey everything to the audience without saying a single physical word <laughs> like an which actual i word. think is phenomenal so like try doing that nowadays it's pretty hard to do it since everyone's always like so wanting like dialogue and stuff so again one of the reasons why i don't understand the critics but anyways before we get go back on that tangent pikachu's vacation the pokemon of ash ketchum misty and brock all spent are sent to spend a day at this like theme park built for Pokemon. We are watching Pikachu, Togepi, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle, and they end up cross paths with a group of bullies consisting of Raichu, Cubone, Meryl, and Snubble. And these two groups begin to compete with each other in like various sports. And throughout all these antics, it ends up leading to Ash's Charizard getting his head stuck in a pipe. And now Pikachu, his friends, and the bullies begin to work together and successfully free Charizard and rebuild the park that they pretty much destroyed and then spend the rest of the day playing before parting ways when their trainer returns. So it was a nice little tidbit of they had some bullies, they end up 
bonding to a common goal and then they all became friends at the end very pokemon like <laughs> yeah and i just remember watching pikachu's vacation and when charizard's head was stuck and couldn't get it out like you could feel the tension that was the other pokemon felt because like charizard was stuck and they had everybody come together and pull charizard out and it's just such a fun little little story right in the beginning before you get to some more serious matter kind of gave you a little bit of serious but it was also fun i remember seeing some memes that it's like they had onyx at the very end pulling it and a lot of people because he's a very heavy pokemon it's like you're telling me this big rock lizard excuse me couldn't pull him out well if you look at his stats his attack stat if i'm not mistaken is lower than butterfree so yeah if, if it hasn't changed much since then onyx's attack stat is lower than butterfree so yeah he did not have the strength to pull charizard out that kind of explains why butterfree is actually not a bad pokemon to beat brock with in the first game <laughs> yeah i mean onyx really only has his defensive capabilities yeah. Huh. Didn't know that his attack stat was so low. But yeah, but you also have to think, maybe Onyx wasn't pulling at his full strength because he didn't want to break Charizard's neck. Because, you know, if it's really that stuck, you're going to dislocate someone's fucking neck bones. I don't I don't know what those bones are called. Is that your <laughs> spine? Like, is that still technically your spine? I don't know. I don't know. Charizard could so. die, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... That's Pikachu's vacation. It was a short little 12 to 15 minute clip that was just fun. But then as we enter this film, we cut to a scene where there's a Pokemon in a cylinder tube. And he's wondering what these voices he's hearing are. Because we're kind of getting this perspective of this Pokemon isn't really aware of... he's It's this Pokemon that is self-aware and is able to communicate. But he has no idea what's going on. It's almost as if he's brand new so we meet this doctor who is named dr fuji who starts to explain to this pokemon that he was hired to create the ultimate pokemon and they finally succeeded and this pokemon is called mewtwo but mewtwo isn't somebody who wants to be contained so mewtwo actually breaks free of his vessels and destroys the laboratory that he was created in After destroying it, we see a helicopter landing with Giovanni, who happens to be Team Rocket's, the biggest antagonist of the film, Team Rocket's leader. And he offers Mewtwo a partnership, which Mewtwo agrees to. And we see Mewtwo being put into this metallic suit that covers almost his entire body. It's like we talked about Iron Man earlier. He's basically Iron Man. He's got this sweet-ass suit (laughs) on and... Mewtwo, he comments saying he feels like his powers are being suppressed. But Giovanni says, no, they're they're not suppressed. They're only being focused. And we see him go through a few battles, and he easily defeats every Pokemon that is put up against him. And we even see Mewtwo face off against this giant herd of rampaging Tauros, which, again, he easily defeats with his psychic abilities. Like, he picks them up and throws them. He is this ultimate weapon. He cannot be defeated, essentially, is what they're projecting to us. 
Yeah, I remember seeing the Toros thing, and I was like, holy mm-hmm. crap. I wish Psychic worked like that in the real game. Right. Like, <laughs> you actually, when you face him in the real game, he's not that strong other than the fact that he's level 70. So he's kind of just like a mediocre Pokemon. I mean, he's good, but not like this good. And, like, not to mention, in Gen 1, Psychics were, like, the type, like, the strongest type. Like, not even Dragon, which didn't have, I think, the only weakness it had at that point was Dragon itself. Mm-hmm. But Psychic was, like, the strongest type in all of Gen 1. And if you watch all of, like, the anime of the original, whenever there's a Psychic Pokemon that uses Psychic... I swear, it's like the most OP thing <laughs> ever. Because it's nothing like the game. They literally just like either throw Pokemon or it's like they use like the psychic powers as gravity yeah. and like all this shit. It's like, god damn, if I was in that world, the first thing I would get is a psychic type because it literally seems like it can do everything. Yeah, and not to mention, the show is pretty bad at being consistent with rules because I remember an episode where... Ash was facing a ground type. I think it was like a sand shrew or sand slash, and he had a Pidgey or Pidgeotto or something. And they were fighting, and the sand shrew used dig, and he shot out out of the ground and hit Pidgeotto. And it's like, in the game, that would never happen because you don't have outliers like that. Because you're like, I trained my Pokemon to uh, whatever, but like ground type don't affect flying types. So it's one of those things that the show breaks rules all the time and it's very upsetting because it's like if i could do that in the game this would be so amazing <laughs> and it's funny because it's not even like the very first few episodes where you can kind of like maybe toss it off like oh okay maybe they just kind of forgot mm-hmm. even in the pokemon league oh no i think it's technically the second season indigo league but anyways they have a golem versus charizard that uses magnitude a ground move yeah. against Charizard, who is fire mm-hmm. flying, and it hits him, and it's like, what? Yeah, and well, and <laughs> and it's even like uh, when Ash was facing Brock in the first season, Onyx somehow got wet, and then Pikachu used Thunderbolt when he was wet and made him knock knocked him out, and it's like, <sighs> what? Teach me this ability, please. <laughs> Like, yeah, he may have gotten, like, hurt, don't get me wrong, like, maybe a little bit, but, like, that would mean, like, if you're in a car, because he's ground-type, so technically electric shouldn't work. Right. That's, like, if you're in a car, you're and you drive it in a puddle, yeah. and then, like, electric right. wire comes through, you would die, theoretically, according to Pokemon, because that electricity would have gotten through, but no, you don't, because the rubber still grounds you. Yeah, it's, but. it's, yeah, Pokemon rules don't make sense. So, <laughs> but and, that's for a later episode yeah. when we actually talk about Pokemon. So, right. going back to the movie because we keep getting sidetracked <laughs> on. It's just, such a pro- it's just such a general <laughs> topic. Like we could go to any Pokemon topic, and it still fits the criteria here. It really does. And once again, after like all these numerous battles, we see Mewtwo participate, and once again, he starts to question his existence and what his purpose is in all of this is it merely just to keep fighting excuse me and then he even confronts giovanni about it and giovanni pretty much 
tells him like to shut up your purpose is to be my weapon and Mewtwo gets starts to get enraged because he goes I thought we were partners I thought we were equals and Giovanni's like you're a Pokemon you're below us and he gets enraged once again and destroys the place he's being captive at and even breaks away from his like metallic suit and he makes his way back to New Island which is where the laboratory was where he rebuilds it and starts anew once more and again, I don't really know how he rebuilt this laboratory. He's a psychic Pokemon. He... Doesn't even matter. <laughs> True. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and then we get the boom, 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 credits roll. Pokemon Mewtwo strikes back. The first movie. Like that whole nice little mm-hmm. da da like as title the card big... thing. Yeah, which I thought was pretty freaking sweet because it finally made you so hyped when it Mm -hmm. came out because it was honestly a pretty sweet ass intro yeah it was because you're getting introduced to this ultimate vessel of a pokemon like this guy is amazing and yeah it's it was pretty intense but i i want to just briefly mention i love how mewtwo's like having this existential crisis like oh my god is fighting all i'm here to do like i need something more in my life and then he goes and creates a fighting arena so it's like oh all right i guess so i think it end up being a superiority complex because yeah. it was always like oh uh because he always got looked down upon so he's like you know what i'll play by your rules and show you i'm superior but yeah it is kind of ironic after this title card pokemon the first movie we see ash who is, I believe he's just having like a cute little picnic with Brock and Misty and all them. And a trainer comes up and he's like, I challenge you to a Pokemon battle. And of course, Ash being extremely proud Pokemon trainer, he's like, deal. And he twists his hat backwards like he always does. And he goes into battle. So we see this fight happening and we kind of get glimpses of it through a camera as if someone's watching. And after the he wins the battle, Ash, after Ash wins the battle... We hear a voice saying, shall I ex- extend an invitation to him, Master? And, of course, the Master waves his hand. And the next thing you know, we see a Dragonite flying through the air. And he actually knocks over Ash and company. and Or knocks over their table that they set up with their picnic. And invites the trainers and asks them to come to New Island to prove that um, the Master is the strongest Pokemon trainer out there. And of course, Ash is like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, I'll, I'll abuse my Pokemon and battle every chance I can get. That's fine by me. I thought it was a cute little scene too, because it's like they all get this, and you got some nice music going on, and then like after they win and everything, and the Dragonite just comes just and knocks everything over. Everything. <laughs> God, that Dragonite is a fucking tank. Except. He gets stopped by a frying pan. Okay, Jesse's a tank, though. <laughs> she is a. She got fucking calf muscles to stop that Dragonite. Oh, that was that was actually kind of funny when I was, I was like, "Wow." I mean, it's really it's just a frying like frying pan. It's just like PUBG. You can stop a frying pan or a bullet with a frying pan. You can stop a Dragonite because is a Dragonite really stronger than a bullet? If I popped one into Dragonite, <laughs> that bitch is probably going down. I'm sorry, we're talking about Pokemon, though, so it's not a frying pan, it's a drying pan. Oh, what? 
Oh, you don't know? Remember that meme from Pokemon where it's raining and Brock has a frying pan and he goes, Hey, I know. I'll use this frying pan as a drying pan. Oh, and he uses it like an umbrella. Honestly, the jokes in Pokemon are so terrible. <laughs> and also, the originality of their names are terrible. Mewtwo created an island and just called it New Island. Like, I, well, I don't know Battle if island. he called it that. I think... I, I don't know if he called it that or if it was actually called that. I don't know the whole origin of New Island, oh, man. but yeah. Just, Pokemon, get better at your jokes and your names. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise we laugh at them like this years yeah. down oh, the line. It's just so cringy sometimes, but I love it. <laughs> it's great. So, on the way to New Island, they have to stop by Port City, and I forget it's actual name but they do call it like port city but it does have an actual name it's not just called port city to grab a boat to make it to new island but that would be way too easy we then see mewtwo start like circling his hands and this causes a fierce storm and it causes all boats to be delayed pretty much until further notice when the storms go out so this forces the trainers who want to prove their worth that they must first face this storm we see a few trainers on the way using various pokemon from pidgeot to fly through the hurricane winds to gyarados to surf through it then we see ash <laughs> so first he gets picked up by vikings who are Team Rocket dressed up as Vikings in this little itty-bitty, like, boat trying to go through this monsoon, which he so apparently likes to joke around saying, they mostly live in Minnesota. If you guys don't understand that joke, there's a football team called Minnesota Vikings. Hold on, did he actually say that? Yeah. Oh, my God. He actually, because Misty or Brock, one of the two, go like, I've never seen a Viking before, and then Ash goes, that's because they mostly live in Minnesota, and I'm just like, facepalm, wow. but, like, when it first came out, I guess it, it was a joke for, like, the adults, but, like, now looking back, I'm just like, oh my god, I can't believe they put that in there. Not to mention, does that mean, conically, there is the United right. States in Pokemon? Well, so, it's interesting because, um, I don't know if this is 100% true, because obviously I've never really studied Japan's geography, but each map of the game every game each generation the map is laid out in a similar way to cities in japan or like um areas in japan so they're basing certain regions off of japanese or like actual the country of japan so maybe it's japan some future like some future down the line where humans created pokemon but somehow the u.s is still living its life without changing any names i don't know yeah weird. there's multiple regions that are based on different different places not just japan anymore like once they got like later on i think the first two or three are based on japan but then they expanded onward like sword and shield was based on scotland because the person's scottish hmm. or, for, or like greenland or something like that and I, th I think black and white was, like, based on France or something. But, yeah, multiple regions do, they do 
something based on the region. I think Hoenn might have been like Hawaii or something like that because of all the water. I for, I forget, but yeah, there have been multiple regions they based it on. Of I just thought so. Can, like, so canically, you're just like America does have Pokemon. Like it's a thing. Exactly. <laughs> That's so weird. So weird. So anyway, we're. A lot of sidetracking, but that's okay. This is only a 75-minute show. Like, the movie itself is only 75 minutes, so we got to have a few sidetracks. So, a wave eventually knocks them off this boat. And Ash decides to use Squirtle to get through the, the waves, and Misty decides to use Staryu. Because why use your Starmie, you know, the stronger of the two, the bigger one, or use both Staryu and Starmie to help you at once, you know, because you're practically drowning in, at this point, and you kind of need to get to this island or you're going to die. But that's okay. Just use Staryu. It's fine. And hold on. She's also a water-type trainer, so I'm sure she's got some others in her arsenal. Like, she just needs to be better, I guess. This is why she loses I, to 10-year-olds. I mean, <laughs> I think at this point, I know she has a Staryu and a Star Me mm-hmm. because she uses both of them when they when Ash and Misty actually fight and she has a gold Dean because that was in that like Titanic mo- episode where they sunk to the bottom of the ship and Psyduck probably wouldn't be any useful. And then Togepi. So she has five Pokemon, but she only ever uses Isn't one. Togepi Brock's no Togepi um, becomes Misty's. There's a whole episode about uh, deciding who becomes the owner of it. And oh, Misty ends up winning. Man, I missed that one. But anyway, um, yeah, so they eventually manage to get to New Island, and they're welcomed by this mysterious woman and congratulate them on making it to New Island. They enter this huge banquet hall and are greeted by other trainers that are waiting because everyone makes it there before them because they're not idiots. They <laughs> each sew off some of their Pokemon, and we get a glimpse of Nidoqueen, who wants to be a water Pokemon, but like, you do you, Nidoqueen. Follow your dreams. But, I mean, it makes sense because Nidoqueen can learn surf, so. You know, that is true. <laughs> Even though it's a ground type, yeah. it does learn surf. I just thought it was funny, Joe, because in case if you guys miss it when you're watching, just watch. Because right before they all embark on their journey to fly through or swim through this storm... That trainer goes, I can handle any any of this water. All my Pokemon are water types. So then when we see it, he has all water types and a Needle Queen. And it's like, you do you. Yeah. If you want to be a water type because you're blue and can learn surf, by golly, I mean, you do it. That, again, just goes back to Pokemon just being bad. I don't know. Their translations, I don't know how it is in japan like if they made these same mistakes in the subbed version but if you're watching this movie they and have any knowledge of pokemon they make so many mistakes when translating types like this all my pokemon are water types or just figuring out the names of pokemon they make so many errors it's kind of frustrating you may not notice it right away, like your first time watching it. If you were a kid, because you're probably just excited. But like when I, I was rewatching it, like I I kept pointing out like every mistake. I'm like, how did I miss that? How did I miss this? I'm like, you you guys, did you 
Did you even know what you were making a movie of? <laughs> yeah. I, the... I don't know what type of direction they were going with, but it it wasn't an accurate one. But without all our little like frustrations aside, soon after they all get like introduced to each other and we see everyone's like Pokemon, the mysterious woman begins to introduce the master of New Island and it's like, yes, the strongest Pokemon trainer is also the world's strongest Pokemon. Mew too, and he's using like telepathy, his like psychic powers, in order to like talk to them. And of course, there are some people who are like, "The strongest trainer can't be the strongest," po- or "Pokemon can't be the strongest trainer." And he immediately like is challenging like some of the other person, the the guy who has the water needle queen. <laughs> He challenges, he's like, Gyarados, use Hyper Beam! And then Mewtwo just, like, instantly reflects back and knocks out Gyarados in, like, one hit. So, yeah, there was that. And basically, he's like, alright, I'll challenge all of you to a Pokemon battle. And that's where we see, like, the arena. And, like, they're like, Mewtwo's like, I will prove myself. I am the strongest. Yep, and... Yeah. Mewtwo is kind of a... He's kind of a dick. But I guess that's what happens when you go through a bunch of experiments and shit. So, while this is all happening, Team Rocket is trying to get into this place so they could steal some Pokemon and give it to their boss. Which is very ironic, because as I mentioned earlier, their boss is Giovanni, who at one point had Mewtwo. So, it's all ironic that they're trying to break into Mewtwo's facility to get Pokemon to bring back to their boss. But, anyway, this is where we get a glimpse of this a cloning process where Mewtwo is actually, like, taking Pokemon DNA and cloning them to produce his own type of Pokemon because they actually take a strand of Meowth's hair and soon a clone of him is popped out into this tube. So we get this glimpse of what's going on behind the scenes while all the Pokemon trainers are with Mewtwo. Yeah, because like like we said, he has this like superiority complex. And since he's technically a clone of Mew, he decides he's going to use clone Pokemon and show them that the clones surpass the original. So he goes, when the trainers decide to battle, he goes like, just like you, I also started with Squirtle, Bulbasaur, and Charmander. Like, bitch, no you didn't. You just copied Charizard, Blastoise, <laughs> right. and Venusaur. You, you did source. nothing. <laughs> so, using clones of Venusaur, the Wigglytuff trainer. I don't remember what her specialty is. And decide... Oh, no. Well, Venusaur was the the other trainer guy the that had the Pidgeot. He flew... And he named him Fru Fru or yeah. something like that. Everyone has a nickname. And besides the Ashes Besides Charles, yeah. And he uses that and, like, hit the clone Venusaur, one hit kills him. And then the girl uses Blastoise and it's like, let's go, Shell Shocker! Which is one of the reasons why I use that for Nuzlocke. <laughs> but different tangent for a different time. 
And, of course, she also gets one shot. And then Ash is like, well, he doesn't have a na- nickname, but go Charizard. And, once again, Charizard loses. So, they all get completely demolished by these clone Pokemon. And then that's when Mewtwo is like, I shall take my prize. You're a Pokemon! And he uses what's called Mewtwo Balls or Clone Balls. They go... I think the official name is Mewtwo Balls, but like everyone else refers to them as Clone Balls, which are able to catch other trainers' Pokemon, which, if you didn't know, is can't happen. Yeah, like, like where were these when all. we played the game? Like, <laughs> when you play the game, it should be once you catch Mewtwo, you get 50 Mewtwo Balls. <laughs> God damn, that would be awesome. Go back to trainers and just mm-hmm. be like, yeah, I'm just going to take your Pokemon. Go to the Elite Four. Yeah, Lance, you know what? I'm just going to catch all your yeah. Pokemon. So good luck trying to be the Elite Four now. <laughs> but everyone desperately tries to keep their Pokemon safe, but to no avail. Ash even tries to return them to their own Pokeball, which for once was actually a smart idea <laughs> Ash came up with. But they are still able to catch them. How the frick this happens? Who knows? But lastly, we see Pikachu is desperately running away using either Thundershock or Thunderbolt to knock them away whenever it gets surrounded, but is quickly becoming exhausted. Ash is desperately trying to catch up with Pikachu where they both end up climbing this like tower-like structure where Pikachu jumps down and Ash does the same. But sadly, Pikachu is caught, but he decides to chase after the clone ball and ends up down this little shoot thingy while all the other Pokemon are being captured. It's a shame to see it. It's a shame. One, because Pikachu's like claustrophobic or something. She doesn't, Pikachu doesn't like Pokeballs, so, so sad. But, you know, all these clone balls are being taken back to this cloning machine where we get one of the best scenes from team rocket where the Pokemon are coming through the machine and they're popping up on a screen. There's like a silhouette of them and they're naming off each Pokemon that they see. They're like Dugong, uh, vile plume, uh, Alakazam. And the Alakazam picture is a Scyther. And it's just like one of those things that when you're actually paying attention, it's so cringy. Cause it's like, is this on purpose? Like what is going on? It was like the real life, who's that Pokemon? And uh, I hate to see it. So soon, eventually, we actually see Ash rolling up on this conveyor belt trying to get Pikachu's ball back. And while doing so, he frees Pikachu and breaks the cloning machine in the process. And then not only freeing his Pokemon, but freeing the rest of them. And then he heads off to face Mewtwo one more time. I don't even know if... Because depending on when this actually takes place, because a lot of times the Pokemon movies isn't like towards the end of the season. Has Team Rocket even seen an Alakazam? I, who knows? Maybe, I don't... maybe um, Giovanni, when he recruits Team Rocket, he gives them a test to show them all 151 Pokemon that they need to know. <laughs> so they know which ones are powerful to steal. Yes, capture all the Zubat and Raticates you can. Those are the only ones yeah. that matter. We'll, we'll get all of the Pokemon with mean luck. And then nobody can escape us. 
But yeah, I I was just like, it's a sight there. But anyways, once he frees like all the Pokemon who for some reason decide to obey this complete stranger, I guess they did see because they were all out of their Pokeballs. So I guess they did see him. So maybe they're just kind of like, yeah, I, I might as well just follow you. But it is kind of weird that they all just kind of blatantly just complete obedience towards him. <laughs> But this is where we get a pretty epic scene, at least, like, back in the early 2000s, anyways, of Ash coming through, like, this explosion after, like, Mewtwo just says right before, he's like, I will rule the world, or something similar to that. And Ash comes bursting out, and he's like, I won't let you. (laughs) And you see him, like, doing this, like, slow walk as all these Pokemon are coming out, like, behind him. Like, he has this whole big army. And it's, like... As a kid... Great follow-up. Yeah, I was going to say, as a kid, that scene was so hype. Like, such a good scene. And you know they put, like, extra attention to it because, like, when that scene comes on, the whole animation style, like changes for a brief moment like they're like all right for this like five seconds i need you guys to i want 200 percent power on this one <laughs> scene yeah it was it and was good. It, yeah it was leading up he did such a great thing and then this happens <sighs> his first thing this 10 year old thought in his mind was to run up and punch literally the most powerful Pokemon in existence at this point to run up and just try to freaking punch, clock his ass. But of course, he instantly gets thrown aback. And this is why you stay in school, kids. (laughs) Don't be an idiot. (laughs) But, like, anyways, just as, like, Mewtwo is getting tired of his antics he tries to look he actually tries to kill him yeah and he uses like some psychic blast but then mew comes in and blocks the attack and then mewtwo is like oh so you finally decide to show yourself he goes well then let's see who is the superior one and then he goes you have your originals i have my clones and he's like, we will fight off. And he goes, don't worry. I will use my psychic prowess to block all the or suppress all the Pokemon abilities, which at the time meant not like actual Pokemon abilities because they weren't a thing, but meant they couldn't use their like normal attacks like flamethrower and all that stuff. They had to, they were going straight backyard boxing fist cuffs, bloody knuckles, battle royale type thing. To prove who is superior. Which doesn't even make sense. Because you clone them to make their abilities stronger. They're not any... They're, physically, they're not stronger than anybody else. So you're just gonna... They're just gonna be fighting a mirror, basically. Which, if you're gonna see who's superior, just take away the abilities of your enemies and let your people keep <laughs> the abilities and just let them wreck their shit. Which I thought was funny because he's like... I'll prove who's superior by not letting the Pokemon use their abilities. But then when it came to him and Mew, he's like, now we have to go all out because I want to fight him at my strongest. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. I I guess that works. So as this battle's ensuing, uh, Ash is knocked away and 
we get a bird's eye view of this really sad scene. Both the Pokemon, like the clones and the regulars, are fighting to near exhaustion, unwilling to stop. And they have this music in the background that is just like, it's a really good song with the scene that we're seeing. It's just everything is, I don't know, it's a really emotional scene. It conveys the emotion so well and just watching the Pokemon almost collapsing from exhaustion. It's very touching. And of course there was Pikachu who refused to fight. And also, so this other clone Meowth is here with the regular Meowth and they're kind of talking. Well, the clone Meowth is meowing at Meowth and we're hearing this sort of one-sided conversation and the regular Meowth has this quote of, you're right. Maybe instead of looking at what's, different we should be looking at what is the same we share the same sky the same earth and the same air so like these two meows are getting all philosophical on us and shit and it was just a really nice way to talk about like we're all fighting here this music's going on and it's just, what's the point because we're all the same in the end why does it really matter like what who's the strongest who's the best so, like, it gets real deep towards the end of this film. It really does. They really knew how to lead up to what I'm about to go up to with the whole, the music, mm -hmm. the fighting, Pikachu refusing not to, this whole philosophical thing between the Meowths, and the fight continues on even after all this, but then it gets even sadder. Like, we see all the Pokemon at, like, nearly the breaking point. Like, we see them fighting, but then, like, after their attack, they, like, both the regulars and clones start collapsing one after another. And then we see Mew and Mewtwo clash right in the middle, causing this explosion that nearly knocks out all the Pokemon. And, like, all of them are now completely damaged and all this stuff. And Mew and Mewtwo are still going at it. They both charge up some psychic attack. And right before they can collide, Ash decides to run in between them, yelling, That's enough! Knock it off, you two! And then, boom. Just gets hit. Both attacks. And then we see him slowly turn to stone right before our eyes. Pikachu comes over to the now petrified Ash and tries to shake him awake. And we just hear him go, Pika! Pikachu! Like, all this little, like, whimpering, basically. And when that didn't work, Pikachu starts using Thundershock repeatedly, trying to wake him up. We just hear, Pikachu! Oh, sorry, my headphones fell. Wow, you're really Pikachu. getting into that one, huh? <laughs> it's a very emotional scene, I'm sure, okay? I'm sure the audience really appreciates <laughs> you doing the accents of Thunderbolt. <laughs> I say, you guys can't even see me, but I'm, I was, like, even shaking my head and doing all this. But we see him doing that, and, like, it fades out, and we see, like, the light. It's all dark, except lights up when Pikachu's attacks go all to no avail. And we see Brock, Misty, and all the other trainers watching this event all just start crying. Even the Pokemon begin to cry, just as we did. And yes, I said we... 
Don't lie. I know you fucking cried. <laughs> I cried. <laughs> I even cried rewatching him. God damn it. <laughs> the, I think it literally how they set it up was just so perfect because that song just like instantly kills the mood, makes you all sad. And then this happens like with Pikachu nearly crying as well, trying its hardest to wake Ash up. And like, and if you didn't, you're just not human. Simple as that. <laughs> as the sa- sadness just breaks our fucking heart as we watch all the... Te- then we see, like, all the tears of these Pokemon all start to accumulate towards Ash. And the last te- tear made by Pikachu gets absorbed and we watch a miracle happen through our very eyes. Ash becomes unpetrified and Pikachu just instantly jumps in his arms and hugs him yeah that was that was a really intense scene oops uh yeah it was it was a sad one and i I don't know if i cried the first time i watched it but you know once i started to actually understand the impact of the scene it was pretty emotional you had to at least tear up. Yeah. Maybe not cry, but, like, if you didn't tear up, like, when you saw either the music playing or, like, when Pikachu's desperately trying to wake up Ash. Yeah, I don't think I you really have understood no it when I was younger. Like, what exactly the ramifications of what he just did, hap- like, what happened. I don't think I understood it fully. So it wasn't that emotional for me. But later on, when I did understand it, I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, I get it. So, after which, witnessing such selfless actions and how his action brought not only the clones, but everyone together, the clones and the regular people in Pokemon, we get the famous quote from Mewtwo, which is, I, now, or I see now that the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. It is what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are. Mewtwo, with a new view on life, decides to take his clone Pokemon and leave to find out what his true purpose is. But before leaving, he says, but maybe for you, things are best forgotten. And everyone wakes up at New... Or everyone at New Island, uh, like, falls into this, like, white hole. Yeah, that's where we always get the, like, memes or something where it's like... Someone will post this quote and they're like, do you know who said this? Not Gandhi, not fucking, fucking Mewtwo Pokemon. (laughs) Which, to be honest, is actually a really damn good quote. Mm -hmm. And And like, it's so true, like taking away or taking Pokemon out of the equation, like it's such a realistic view on life. Like it should be everyone's philosophy. Like it doesn't matter who you are just depends on like how you live your life and as you said like they all end up falling through this like white hole or whatever and we find our heroes back at the pokemon center in port uh the port city never the wiser of what had transpired at new island and soon that storm that came instantly just clears up for who knows why because obviously mewtwo is not controlling it anymore but anyways we see them look over the ocean and Ash catches a glimpse of Mew 
At least I believe they did. Mm-hmm. Before finally setting back off on their journey and the end credits roll. And I just think with being the first Pokemon movie, like not necessarily just saying this be, like to be a Gen 1-er or anything like that because this isn't even my favorite movie. But I think the ramifications of like him, quote-unquote, like dying for the first time really spooked me as a kid because i was like wait if if he dies is like is is pokemon over like is it done so i for me this is one of the reasons why i rate it so highly too because of all this like emotional impact towards the end and not to mention the fact that like at the beginning you you didn't really know what like what's going to happen like in my mind as a kid because i've seen shows like stop when I saw this happen, I was like, wait, wait, <laughs> is Pokemon getting canceled? What's going on? What happens if at, like, I, if they ever brought, like, a new person in? I would have been, like, it would have blown my mind. So, like, this one will always have, like, a place in my heart. It's definitely go- up there, like, probably my second favorite or maybe it's it, for sure in my top five of the Pokemon movies. But not just because of like nostalgia the gen 1 mentality i just think the ending is what solidified it well now i'm curious moment. what is your favorite pokemon movie pokemon 2000 mm. i like this one i best. just love the whole like adventure portion of it and uh lugia is also my favorite like legendary but Mine too. i just like the whole fact of how they he was like collecting the orbs the, yeah, and everything. I just thought the whole adventure aspect of it was, like, really sweet. Gotcha. Yeah, I this is definitely my favorite one, Pokemon, the first movie. But I did like Pokemon 2000. But I think I like Pokemon, the movie, the third movie, the one with Entei. I think I like that. That was a good one. I think one. that's my number two. I don't know if... I See, I think a lot of people sleep on Pokemon forever with Celebi. Oh, it's been so long. I think I've only seen that once. I would have to rewatch it. Yeah, I've only seen it like twice, but I have like the DVD of it, which is funny because I rate it so highly, but I haven't seen it that much. And like, because right after that, I believe it's Pokemon Heroes. And I think that gets like a lot of praise for it, which I don't think it's a bad movie, but I just feel like a lot of people sleep on Pokemon forever because Celebi is not like. A big influential legendary Pokemon, mm-hmm. like a lot of people don't really care for it, so I think it, it gets slept on. But like, I think that movie was honestly pretty freaking sweet, especially with the uh, the Dark Ball. Do you remember that? Sort of, yeah. I would. It, I'd have to uh, rewatch the whole thing because well, eventually I will here shortly. But uh, yeah, I don't remember it enough to actually be able to piece any of it together. Yeah, the Dark Ball, apparently, you can capture... It's still They still have to be wild Pokemon. It's not as broken as the Clone Ball, but it raises it stats to the maximum it can, but then also makes them evil, basically. Ah, uh, yeah, I do. I do remember that a little bit. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that one here soon after a, a couple more movies, so we'll get there. So I think unless oh do you have a a question of the day? Oh, my question of the day I get oh, what? 
I don't know how how much of the music you can see. I know for sure, like, apparently there's 13 songs in the soundtrack hmm. of Pokemon, the first movie. And since I rated it so highly, what's your guys' favorite song from it? Mine is Brother... Is it Brother... My what? Brother. Oh, crap. Brother, My Brother, which is the very ending song. Like I said, it was just so impactful to me that I definitely yeah, that one, favorite That was a good time. one. I really like that. Um, I would have to re-listen to the soundtrack, but off the top of my head, that's probably one of my favorites from this one as well. So, to sign us out with some facts, as I mentioned earlier, Team Rocket referred to a silhouette of Scyther as Alakazam. But also, as I mentioned, this movie had a lot of mistakes, and one of the biggest ones was throughout the movie, they kept referring to a Pidgeot as a Pidgeotto. And it was just a frustrating thing. It's a minor difference because they look fairly similar, but come on, it's a it's a Pidgeot, guys. You can't you can't call yourself Pokemon trainers if you're gonna mess that up. That was a big oversight. So our second fact: while the English dub of the film received decent reviews from the audience, as I mentioned, it did not do well for the critics. On Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave this film about a 16% approval rating, whereas the audience score was about a 63%. So a pretty big difference on people's opinions here and uh, leaning more towards the audience enjoying it way more than the critics did. And our third fact, the original DVD release with the Snapcase contained an uh, contained numerous features deleted from the later reprints, such as the original prologue and, most importantly, Pikachu's Vacation short film. So I thought that was just an interesting fact to include in here. And that is going to be it from us today. So I want to thank everyone so far for all the reviews that we've gotten on Apple Podcast and just every other uh resource that you guys use to listen to us so feel free if you haven't given us a review please do so it goes a really long way and we appreciate the support and for anyone else who wants to give us some additional support we do have a patreon page we uh patreon.com slash if you would like to give a little bit to help support us and of course don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at weepspawn and you can contact us at weepspawn at gmail.com That'll be it from us today. I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we will see you guys next time when we weeb spawn.